happening, everyone? I'm Ian James Wright from Washington, D.C., and this is the Alphabetical Fugazi signing off with a final episode and saying thanks to some people, answering some listener questions. I um, <laughs> Part of me wanted to be a real uh, cool customer like Fugazi would be in their liner notes and simply say thanks and and peace out into the night. But uh, I'm not Fugazi, and uh, I have people that I really would desperately like to thank. So first among those could only be one person. The person uh, that is has been the most crucial to me being able to do this podcast every week for so long. And that's my wife. Her name is Alana, and she's not a Fugazi fan, but she understands how important this project has been to me. And people who are married and have a kid know that, you know, in in that position, your time is not really truly ever your own. You know, you don't, you don't own time. It's always sort of a, a negotiation because anytime that I'm doing something that is not caring for our child, it means she has to do it. So, She's always made time for me to do the podcast, and um, I'm really grateful for that. So, thank you. And that brings me right into the second person I'd like to thank, Liana, my little girl. Um, She was just a little newborn when I started this podcast. Now she's uh, older than two and a half, and she's talking and saying, uh, making up sentences, and it's pretty incredible. And she has she has donated her nursery slash bedroom to me, which is where I do the podcast every week. So I owe her a little thanks for that. You know, sometimes I reflect that this podcast is more successful than any other creative project that I've done so far. Um, it looks like at this point I won't probably be in a band that gets famous. I may never write a book, but um, this podcast is out there. Hopefully it will stay up online indefinitely, and it, it might end up being a way, maybe, maybe, maybe in a way the best way that my, uh, my offspring, children and grandchildren, get to know who I was which is interesting. You know, who I was as a, as a young man and who I was when I was saying things to people who are not my children that I have a responsibility to act a certain way with. Um, so sometimes I wonder if she'll grow up and listen to the podcast and find out more about me. And um, if she does, I hope that I come off well, I guess. Liana, hope you're proud of your dad because your dad is proud of you. Of course, I have to thank the band for being okay with the podcast in the first place. You know, I reached out before I even started just to make sure that the idea was kosher with them and and they didn't think it would be like a tasteless venture. So it was nice straight from the gun for uh, of them to be okay with it, um, even though they had no idea who I was. And 
Also, of course, in some cases for appearing on the podcast and for some bits of info and help they gave to me here and there along the way. Gotta thank the listeners. Naturally, you've made me feel really appreciated, all of you. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that you have gotten something out of the show. Donors, the people who have kicked in a little money to help me defray my hosting costs... That, of course, means a huge deal to me. It really means something that you would um, open your wallet and uh, <laughs> help me do this project in a way that wouldn't be just like a, a monetary loss for me. Um, that's really awesome of you. Now, when I started accepting donations, I, I said that I would be... If, if, there was, if there were donations in excess of what I needed to actually f- complete the show and host the show that uh, I would donate that excess to a sort of like Fugazi-approved charity. And uh, last week when I had on Guy and Ian, I like the plan was, and I, I gave them advance notice, um, you know, to ask them if they could choose a charity. Um, and, and they sort of, they deferred uh, to me on that, and they, they thought that I should choose. So um, given that they have always... Uh, as a band um, supported reproductive freedom uh, in their songs and in their actions and in so many benefit concerts that they did. I have uh, donated the excess to the DC Abortion Fund. And uh, you'll notice if you go back through the show notes of all the shows, I've uh, taken down the link to donate to the podcast, and I've put up links to that, uh, the DC Abortion Fund. If you'd rather, uh, please donate to your local abortion fund or the National Network of Abortion Funds, um, and I'll put links to all those things in the show notes um, here and in the past. And, you know, if, if you're located abroad, if you are not in the United States and um, you don't feel like putting your money towards our uh, reproductive freedom, um, you know, via Candios, I'm sure you can find a way of donating to the cause of helping some kind of people who are not as privileged as you are. So go ahead and do that. Beyond that, by the way, if you'd like to do one last nice thing for me, maybe write a review on Apple Podcasts or your platform of choice. It's been a while since I've seen a new review, so if you'd like to send me off with some kind words, it would be fun to read them there. Thank you also to, of course, all the guests. I, I really couldn't have done it without the people who are willing to come on the show with me. I, you know, I'm speaking <laughs> into a microphone by myself right now, and I'm really not enjoying it. I, I, I could never have done the show just as a series of monologues all by myself. I feel really sort of off balance. So, yeah, literally, I couldn't have done it without the guests. And, you know, beyond that, thanks, you guys, for simply giving me the opportunity to converse with somebody. I am sort of an introvert, and I really can go all week without having a single casual conversation with somebody outside of my immediate family. So it's been a nice outlet simply to talk with people. So again, thank you. And not only to the guests, but there were also, by the time I finished the show... There were some people sort of on the waiting list to be guests, and they got in touch with me sort of too late when I had filled the guest slots. And um, I, I'm sorry to you guys who, who didn't get the chance to be on the show. Um, I, I know 
those last couple of episodes, I had some repeat guests on and uh, sort of sorry to do that. I, I just felt like it would be so cool to sort of close out the show, you know, with Chris Richards and Joe Gross, who were on you know a couple of the very first episodes. I like that sort of sense of symmetry. Um, so, so I'm sorry I, I didn't uh, get some fresh people on there. But um, you you people who were waiting in the wings in case I needed a uh, backup, uh, I appreciate you guys too. Thanks to everyone who also commented on the Facebook group and uh, emailed me with your comments that I could apply toward doing the show. That was it was a really steadfast and and steady source of good stuff to add. So that was really nice. Um, a couple of people in particular that I'd like to single out that were just sort of helpful to me along the way. There's Unter Hobbits. There's so many good nuggets of info that he unearthed um, listening to all the shows in the Fugazi Live archive, writing reviews of so many of them, and uh, pointing out interesting things that were said in between songs. Um, He was a great resource. And Jared Coffin, uh, who runs the Facebook group called uh, This Is Not a Fugazi Appreciation Group, Um, I, uh, I first posted in that community when I had the idea for the podcast and I was running some things by them in the Venn diagram that is our two little Facebook groups. It's probably just almost fully a complete circle. Um, But yeah, thanks for always supporting me and and Jared would pretty much every week share the the link to the new podcast in that group. Um, So that that's much appreciated. Thanks to Carney clears who is the, once again, I've mentioned him before, but the person who sort of did that data visualization of Fugazi and their live sets and their benefits and stuff like that. And he's the person who provided to me this sort of raw data of the live archives that he has, had scraped. And um, it's, it's really valuable in, in just sort of looking through all the live shows and finding out interesting facts about the frequency with which they played songs and um, how frequently things were opening songs or set closers or whatever um by the way i i know that um i've been doling out that info uh, a little parsimoniously over the course of the podcast about what the most um played songs were i'll just give the sort of top 10 right here for those who are interested um most played fugazi songs uh over the course of all their live concerts are number one waiting room number two reclamation number three blueprint Number four, Long Division. Number five, Merchandise. Number six, Margin Walker. Seven is Civ Fisted Find. Eight is Repeater. Nine, Turnover. Ten, and the same. So there you go. I'd also like to thank um, Harvey Hartley, who is the person who got in touch with me and uh, whipped up a nice little square of show art uh, for the podcast. I'm sure as a as a graphic designer, he had probably gotten sick of looking at my feeble attempts at coming up with a logo, and he just, yeah, completely unsolicited made this uh, show art, and I think it's really nice looking, and I've been using it ever since. So, Harvey Hartley, thank you for that. I would like to give a thanks to, um, you know, equipment-wise, and just sort of the resources for doing this podcast, uh, I've I've pretty much bought every component with my own money except for one thing and that's the software called audacity which is free audio software a digital audio workstation 
And I mean, it, it might not be as uh, feature packed as you might want if you're producing music or something, but for doing a podcast, it's been darn good and it never crashed on me and lost data. Um, I, I, which I was always terrified of. I've, I listened to so many podcasts that have at least one episode that the hosts refer to and they're like, yeah, we, that was a lost episode. We talked for two hours and the things crashed and whatever. Um, and somehow, <laughs> um, that has never happened. So, uh, thanks to the people who developed audacity. Um, I will, I will say like sort of recently, I remember a few months back, there was some, uh, an internet hubbub about like new ownership or something. And that, uh, a, a new software update was released that people claimed was Russian spyware. Um, and I, I looked into that and I think it was overblown, but you know, do your own research based on my experience. I, you know, just because I was, I was nervous about, um, breaking a good thing. I never updated the software since I downloaded it. But yeah, if you're getting into podcasting, do your own research. It's worked for me. I can't guarantee anything. So that's my disclaimer. And speaking of podcasts, uh, sort of a final thing I'd like to thank is is just podcasters out there that I've taken small ideas from here and there and incorporated them into this show. Um, and just the podcasters who inspired my general love of the medium and just made it some, you know, a kind of thing that I listen to every week. And um, a few of those people off the top of my head would be Merlin Mann, John Roderick, Michael Ian Black, Tom Cavanaugh, Scott Aukerman, Paul F. Tompkins, plus, of course, uh, the podcast Alphabetical, which was the sort of direct inspiration for this podcast. Uh, I think those are all the thanks I would really like to give out. Uh, I'll take some last uh, listener comments and questions I asked in the aforementioned Facebook group for the Alphabetical Fugazi. And uh, Jared Coffin, who I've talked about already, uh, asks, why did you skip member comments on Two Beats Off? Well, yeah, you know, when I'm doing these podcasts, I'm always sort of looking at the clock because, uh, as I already said, my wife is uh, watching the little girl and I, I I've, you know, tell her, you know, it's, it'll be about an hour, maybe a little more. But for podcasts that were sort of creeping up toward to being like really quite long, and, you know, because I, I never know in advance exactly how talkative my guest is going to be. Uh, so sometimes I make a decision in the moment to, uh, to to skip that part just in the interest of saving time. So sorry to anybody who had a, a, a crackerjack comment on Two Beats Off and I didn't read it. Joshua Murray says, what did you learn about Fugazi from doing this podcast that you didn't know before? Well, that is... I could go on for such a long time because I learned so many details about all the different songs from doing this show. But I guess I guess I would have to say there are some things that in retrospect are kind of basic things about Fugazi that I did not know until doing this podcast. For example, the stage lights thing. You know, every time that I saw Fugazi live, it was either at Fort Reno or some sort of weirdo outdoor event. Like, I never saw them at a rock club. I didn't see them at the 930 Club or, or anything like that. I saw them at these sort of weird little venues. And so it never occurred to me that they always only use the plain white lights. I just thought that was like it's sort of like the best they could do 
with these weird venues they were at. Um, so, so yeah, until Chad Clark pointed that out to me on the birthday pony episode, I did not know that. So yeah. And, and, uh, I guess also the set list thing, I, I think we all know that they didn't use set lists live, but I guess I never really realized that the way they pulled that off was pretty much alternating a Gee song and an Ian song and a Gee song and an Ian song. Um, with of course a couple of little exceptions here and there. But I guess, yeah, I guess that had never occurred to me. Justin Rauschkolb says, has focusing so much of your attention on one band for the past two years, uh, two plus years, made you want to take a break from them for a while or reinvigorated your love for them? Uh, maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> I I think it doesn't, it hasn't made me want to take a break from Fugazi. Um, I, I guess, um, yeah, I mean, I it's it's been hard work in a way, so I guess I'm glad to be taking a break from podcasting. But, uh, but no, I, I'm not burnt out on Fugazi. Still love them. I think what I'm what I'm sort of burnt out on is the the organization behind doing the podcast, the sort of planning and finding guests, and then editing after the fact. If it were a situation where I could just you know, roll in, not have to do a lot of work before and after the show, and simply talk off the top of my head about Fugazi, I could probably go on doing it for quite a while. Uh, Justin also asks, why no Joe appearance? Was that by choice, or was he not interested or available? Uh, yeah, of course it was It was not by my choice. I, I did reach out to Joe Lally early on in the, in the course of the podcast, as I did to all the other band members, and... Um, he was very polite, but he kind of said he didn't really remember the songs very well, and he didn't think that uh, it would make for a good episode to have him on, which, of course, I wasn't about to um, argue with him. And I, I sort of thought at the end about reaching out again. Uh, but the thing is, you know, on the on this podcast, I do try to exude an air of confidence whenever I can. But in fact, it takes a lot of I have to work up a lot of nerve to cold reach out to somebody in Fugazi, a band that I love so much, and to to like do it again after I've been told no takes maybe more nerve than I have. So yeah, I didn't get back in touch. I don't know. Maybe maybe somehow we'll we'll get some kind of interview done down the road, and he'll decide that he he wants to talk about some of his songs. I'll leave the door open to that. Dallin McDougall says, are there any scores that you that you gave that you would go back now and change, not just by a star, but more drastically? You know, it, I can't even bring to mind any ratings I may have given that I don't think stand up. But, but also, I think that speaks to the fact that I don't take the ratings that seriously, and I really encourage uh, everyone else not to take them seriously either. Um, as I've said, it's a feeling I have in the moment about a song, and I may sort of change how I feel um, shortly thereafter. So, yeah, nobody nobody get mad at my ratings. It's not anything that I take too, too seriously. Uh, he also asks, not including members of the band, who were your favorite guests? I would like to start naming a few guests, but I think if I got started, I would just... I would just want to keep going because I had so many great guests 
And then the guests that didn't get mentioned would feel left out and feel bad that, that, that there weren't one of the good guests, you know. So I, I don't think I'll get started down that path. Um, I just, I really loved all the guests. And uh, what was the most interesting thing I learned about Fugazi while doing this? Maybe, and, and this is goes back to the stage lights thing, I somehow really didn't realize all the um, effects that were being added at the soundboard by the likes of Joey P and Nick Pelichotto during the live shows. I, I can't explain it. I was there. I saw them live. Maybe I thought that my my brain was filling in blank spaces with sort of glorious reverb and echo and uh, <laughs> and I but yeah, somehow I, I never noticed that. Um, and, uh, that was sort of fascinating to talk to Nick and, and hear about how he would do that. Tom Goebel says this podcast has helped enhance my appreciation of a catalog of music that I already loved. Are there any songs in particular that you've grown in affection for after studying them in closer detail for the podcast? I guess I would have to say, uh, latest disgrace, which I pointed out as I remember on the episode, but, um, yeah, I was like, I, after the two real barn burners that start off Red Medicine, Latest Disgrace always sort of like clanged into your ear as sort of like a slow, clunky number, but that's just the way it started. And man, does that song really pick up steam and close in an amazing way. And I also loved hearing about how <laughs> Ian Mackay would go into this um, crazy alternate tuning, dropping his... Uh, e string all the way down to a low a for that song um, which just made it more interesting to me um pule pule wigan says which fugazi member have you had the most contact from during the course of the podcast um it would have to be ian mckay we weren't in contact very much really he did drop in a couple of little pointers here and there um but mostly you know, he and, and also Guy were pretty hands-off, and they made it clear that they thought the show would be better if it was sort of just me and my guest bringing our subjective listening experiences um, to the podcast until it was over, and they could uh, come on and talk to me then. Yeah, by the way, what an episode last week, right? That was great. A couple of the best hours of my life. Colin Mack says, who were guests that you were hoping to get? I actually had... Uh, a few good ones lined up that in the end didn't get to do it. I don't really want to say who they were because uh, that might make, just make you disappointed. Um, and also, I don't want to call them out for canceling their appearance. But yeah, there were some there were some good ones that I was excited about that we never got around to. So those are a couple of regrets. But um, yeah, I, for the most part, this podcast has been a lot of highlights and very few lowlights. Celeste Skipper says, I'd like to hear some personal highlights and maybe like some cool lessons you learned over the course of making this. This is not so much a lesson that I learned as a lesson that maybe I already knew that was reinforced in making this, but it's the lesson that I learned from Fugazi and from other bands like them uh, about DIY, do-it-yourself, I started researching when I started this podcast how to do a podcast. I did. I had no idea where to start, really. So you go online, you do some searches. I remember going to the um, the Reddit uh, subreddit about podcasting, and you would see there. If you go there occasionally, like people will post their 
um, their setups. And oh my gosh, you should see how much money some of the people have spent. Uh, like they're, they have this like sort of soundproof booth they've made in their house with the studio grade foam padding and they have the state of the art microphone and the, the boom mic stand to go with it and like a, a dual monitor setup. And it's just, it's the kind of thing that a certain kind of person would see and get really discouraged about being able to do it themselves. But in fact, you can do it yourself. Like the, the, the sum total of the gear that I use, I have, uh, I bought an interface at some point um, for my laptop, an audio interface that was like sort of bundled with a microphone and a, and a, and, you know, cable and, and stuff like that. Uh, I got a, a little mic stand and I've got my laptop, of course, and I've got a, a pop filter and I set that all up um, on a chair in my daughter's nursery and I set up another chair behind myself and then I uh, throw a blanket over the whole shebang. And yeah, so right now I'm speaking to you in this weird little blanket fort. Uh, in fact, in the show notes, I will include a photo of my setup and myself doing this so you can see how I've spent uh, all these hours recording these episodes. It gets it gets really hot under here, especially in the summer, but this is my sort of um, soundproofing on the cheap method. And I don't know, maybe this podcast could have sounded better the whole time, but I did the best with what I had, and I was determined not to spend a fortune on gear just to do this thing that I was passionate about. And I guess that is a lesson that you could take away and uh, use to start your own podcast or do whatever project it is that you feel like doing. Um, I I feel like there are always ways to get your foot in the door without breaking the bank. So, yeah, uh, thanks to Fugazi for that lesson. Pat Migali says, Stealing from the Desert Island Discs format, which eight Fugazi songs, which book, and which luxury would you take with you as a castaway on a desert island? Uh, that's interesting. You know, I had never really listened to that show. Um, it's it's a it's a pretty good one. I listened to a couple of episodes after reading your comment, Pat. And uh, the eight Fugazi songs, I've... Uh, the whole... This whole podcast, I've resisted making a definitive list of my top songs. And... Um, but I'll I'll give eight Fugazi songs that I think would be my desert island ones. And these are just sort of first thought, best thought. Um, just the eight that occur to me right away. Um, in no particular order. But uh, I think they're my favorites. Those would be Do You Like Me, Bed for the Scraping, Public Witness Program, Arpeggiator, Argument, Last Chance for a Slow Dance, Facet Squared, and Shut the Door. Which book I... Um, I listened to that uh, Desert Island Discs, and it seems that they give everyone the complete works of Shakespeare, which was my first answer. But uh, I guess uh, for the for the book of your choice, I would go with For Whom the Bell Tolls by Ernest Hemingway. I only read it once, but it left such an impression on me. I love the stories within the story in that book. Um, yeah, it's it, I found it really moving. And for luxury, I guess I would have to take a guitar with me to my desert island. It's, you know, what a beautiful, expressive, uh, frustrating, uh, fascinating, flawed instrument a guitar is. And a few listeners had the same kind of sentiment. 
<clears throat> Kevin DeMars says, I just wish it wouldn't end. Will you keep the Facebook page up and let us know if you venture into doing another podcast? Maestro Olson says, what podcast will you continue with? Dan Tennant says, is the show actually ending or is it just going on an indefinite hiatus? Um, that's, uh, y- yeah, so I am going to leave the Facebook page up and uh, I plan to keep checking in there uh, for, until such time as I can no longer stand being on Facebook. It's really, um, it's really not as fun of a platform as it used to be, right? But uh, it, yeah, some of the some of the groups are really what keep me coming back. So I'll I'll plan to keep that up, and um, yeah, as as far as other podcasts, no, I have no plans in the works for future podcasts. Uh, I, I've had a couple of ideas for things that I might do, but in the immediate future, the answer is no, because uh, the big news in my life is that uh, I'm having a new baby. Um, my wife is super pregnant as I record this on January 28th, 2022, and uh, in, the few, in a few days from now, we're going to be going into the hospital, and by the time you hear this, I will have a, uh, a new baby boy. Yeah, very excited about that, but yeah, I've I've experienced having a newborn already and having two, I just know that um, my free time will pretty much entirely vanish probably and what free time I do have, I would like to apply to my other hobbies for now that I used to uh, spend more time on. You know, I used to read a lot, uh, <laughs> so I'll do that again. Um, you know, guitar, I'm st- I've sort of recently opened up a whole new area of playing guitar and learning new things, and I'm fascinated with that. And uh, I love playing chess, too. So I'll, I'll be devoting any free time to those pursuits and uh, everything else to being a dad, I guess. However, what I'd say is, uh, just in case, don't unsubscribe from this podcast. I honestly have nothing up my sleeve right now. I, I don't, I'm not being coy. I don't have anything uh, that I'm not telling you about. But, like, say some prominent person discovers this podcast after it's over and wants to chat about Fugazi or something like that, I am open to recording an episode like that, some kind of uh, interview and discussion about their life as a fan of Fugazi. So, yeah, I honestly don't know. Maybe a new episode will pop up in your feed in a few years, maybe in a few months, maybe you'll never hear my voice again. Really, no idea. But, yeah, either way... I'll still be uh, in the Facebook group, and also I'll be hanging around. This is not a Fugazi appreciation group. And I do still plan to check my email forever at fugaziatoz at gmail.com. So please stay in touch. The other news, aside from the baby, um, as you know, if you are a habitual listener, I'm currently located in California, but uh, we've recently made the decision to move back east to the D.C. area, a few months from now. Yeah, you know, we, we sort of came out here, started a new life, and figured, oh, you know, fly home two, three times a year, see the, you know, take the take the kids to see grandparents, that sort of thing. But then COVID happened, and that sort of evaporated. And all of a sudden, living across the country is much more difficult. You know, my, my kid is older than two and a half and has seen her grandparents in person like a few times. That's a bunch of nonsense. So yeah, hard decision, but going back to the DC area in a few months and, you know, with that in mind, maybe 
those of you around, maybe I'll see you at a Kariki show or something like that. I don't know. I hope I do. And um, yeah, thanks again for everything. Um, And until I do see you there somewhere else, my friends, as always, keep your eyes open.